Hi, Paul Scanlon here. Thanks for taking the time to click on my podcast. I want to spend time focusing on my primary passions of leadership, personal development, communication, growing big people, and I hope that these podcasts really help and add value to your life and to your journey. Thanks for tuning in. So limitation by design is something you were born with. And what people say to us, which is why this life without limits thing gets loose. Hey, you can be wherever you want to be. No, 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 no. That, that is bad advice to tell a child, to tell anyone. You cannot be whatever you want to be. You can only be whatever your strengths allow you to be. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. No, 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 no. If at first and second and third and fourth you don't succeed, you need to stop and check Am I trying to do something that actually I'm good at? Because people try, try, try again and and don't succeed and think the answer is to try more. And you'll spend years of your life trying to get good at something that God never made you good at. Because it's 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 a limitation of design. You were built not to be able to do that. And if you can figure out what those are, then you are free to focus on limitations of default. Limitations of default are the things that you should not accept in life. The things that society, that the careers teacher put on me. Limitations of where you came from, your background. As I said, the color of your skin or a system that's stacked against you or some identity that you shouldn't have accepted or anything in life that says to you, you can't do this and you should question it and lean against it and push it. Limitations of default are up for grabs. Limitations of default and the all over our society, all over our society and relationships are the ones you should say, I don't think that's true about me. I don't accept that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to settle into just becoming that person. I'm, I'm going to push that a little bit. I'm going to see whether or not I can actually change that. I'm going to see whether I can go for that. These are limitations by default. Default means, and this is the danger of default, default is like autopilot on your life. So you kind of don't know it's happening. You just bob along for years accepting that that's not an option for you. Accepting that you'll never be any good at that. Accepting that you shouldn't really aspire to that. People like you really don't aspire to that. And and, and default is this autopilot going along in life, accepting this stuff. And what you have to do with, with limitations of default is you have to take manual control of your life. You have to take, you have to take your life off autopilot setting and grab the controls for yourself. And start flying your life manually. Start saying, I refuse to accept this about me that my family and friends, and sometimes family and friends are the worst at putting default limitations on us. Because they can't see you any different to how they've always known you. And you must never ever be loyal to an old version of yourself. You can't do that. That's a default setting. Ah, it's just the way I am. It's just the way he is. Just the way we are. We kind of always been like that. Yeah, hello. Then maybe you need, maybe you need a yellow to awaken your green for you to break that containment 
because millions and millions and millions of us live our lives in these containments that we don't know we have because it's a limitation, not that God chose, not a design one. You can't change those. But it's a default one. And we think that, we think that they're the same because people tell us, ah, oh, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never be able to do that. I don't think that's possible. I don't think that can happen in a place like this, a town like that, a country like this. And we think that that is somehow a limitation of design. So we leave it alone. It's a default one. You have to figure out the difference and then start to push against the ones that you should not lie down under. Y'all okay? I know that some of you are lacking a few Bible verses tonight to make you feel this is kosher and from Jesus. But you'll be okay. I want to mention this last few minutes what I think is the greatest secret limitation of all. The greatest secret limitation of all. It was worth coming just for this tonight. And the, the greatest secret limitation of all is what I would call our belief systems. Our belief systems. Belief systems are, are something I'm fascinated by. And I've studied psychology for about 15 years now because I wanted to understand people better than I did because people can be interesting, weird, strange, random, complicated, scary. And I wanted to understand people. I think anybody that works with people at least owes it to yourself and them to try and figure people out because most people are too lazy to figure themselves out. So I thought, I better figure themselves out for me so that I am not all the time dealing with weird stuff that I can't explain and I get discouraged and fed up and think I'll change my job. Because you've got to figure people out. So psychologists teach us that belief systems are the hard wiring of what you believe. Problem is that the belief systems are established by the age of eight. So whether you grow up to be a stingy person or a generous person is decided by the age of eight. Whether you grow up to be a risk taker or a play it safe person is decided by the age of eight. Whether you grow up to be a forgiving person or a person that holds grudges and you don't forgive is decided by the age of eight. These belief systems that are embedded into us in the most formative season of our life, childhood, because kids don't learn like you're learning now, not in your head taking a note. Kids just learn by monkey see, monkey do, don't they? Kids just pick stuff up and you say to kids, where did you get that from? And the answer is, from you. And because you don't remember telling them to behave that way, you don't think you're responsible for it. But kids don't learn by telling them this is what to do or not to do. Kids learn by example and by atmosphere and by the default autopilot mode of the home they're in. So you can tell the kids all day, you, I, could do a, I could do a lecture in here on mumps and do a brilliant multimedia presentation on mumps. You'd have a notepad filled. You'd be a genius on mumps. But if I've come in here with measles, you leave here with measles knowing everything about mumps. Because people catch who you are. People catch what you have, not what you say you have 
or what you say they should have. And this is how kids pick up and people pick up default mode beliefs. So these belief systems we all came into this room with tonight. And these things were decided way upstream of where you are now. And now you're not eight. Maybe now you're 38 or 48. All you know is, I've got stuff in my life that I don't even like about myself and I don't know what to call it. I just feel threatened in certain situations or I feel insecure around people or I'm, I'm cynical all the time. I always have to sort of bring someone down a peg or two. I always have to have the last comment or, or I'm a very nervous person or I'm kind of um, overconfident and I kind of overtalk and overshare. The oversharing thing. Overshare. And there's these fault lines in our lives, and it's cost you jobs, and it's cost you friendships, cost you opportunities, but we don't know what to call it. And usually they are these default mode belief systems that we don't know that we had. For instance, three million plus Hebrews came out of Egypt, but they died in the wilderness not because they were slaves physically, but because they were slaves mentally. So they had a slave mentality. They had a victim mentality. Because oppression breeds victimization. Oppression breeds victim mentality. And your country knows a whole lot about that. So do other parts of the world. So these, these generationally established slaves couldn't get over the fact that they were free and so still behaved like slaves though they were free and it was that belief system that cost them getting to the promised land. So this is how real this is. These things can be life or death and no one tells us, that's why it's a secret, no one tells us that these, that these socio-economic, cultural, regional, racial, gender, whatever they may be, belief systems are deeply embedded in our lives and because, um, because we have two minds, we have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. We all know that. What we don't know is the ratio. The ratio is that our conscious mind is only 20% of our thought life. 80% of your thought life is subconscious. How scary is that? 80% of where your thinking comes from is below your consciousness. It's where your beliefs sit. And those beliefs are controlling all outcomes. This is why you can go to the gym in January. You know that New Year's resolution stuff? I'm going to get fit, lose a few pounds. Go to the gym in January. And by February, March at a stretch, you're going less often or not at all. Or the treadmill someone bought you for Christmas so that you can work out at home. You were on it religiously, dedicatedly, every single day until about 1st of Feb. And by the end of Feb, you just use it to hang your clothes on. <laughs> because your 20% head said, this is good. I'm going to do this. But you didn't know and no one told you that your belief system sat there saying, no freaking way are we doing this <laughs> and what you don't realize is this or what we don't realize is this with this issue you cannot have a behavioral change without a belief change it will not sustain 
But we try to change things by behavioral modification all the time. Never realizing that we default back to the wrong behavior because what's feeding the wrong behavior is these deeply subconscious belief systems. And these belief systems are controlling all of the outcomes in all of our lives here tonight. This has been good for me as a leader and a pastor because it makes me more realistic about what's possible in a service like this. My expectations have totally changed on what's possible in me talking to you for 30 minutes. I kind of downgraded years ago what I believe was possible. You'll never hear me saying ever, I stopped this years ago, hey, I've got to tell you, this is going to change your life tonight because that's over-promising and I don't decide that, you decide that. So when people say, in a, when I'm in a meeting and people say, I've got to tell you, this will change your life, I say to myself, I'll be the judge of that. Because you will, and I will. I might say something to you and say, guys, this is really, really important. But I don't hear what happens next, which is what goes on inside your head. Because there's two voices in this room. There's what I am saying to you. Then there's what you are saying to you about what I'm saying to you. And what you say to you is by far the most powerful voice in your life. Let's get the band back up here. I should have said that some moments ago. When you say that, gives people hope we finished. <laughs> Seriously, I've been in some meetings where I wish to God the band would have got up sooner. <laughs> From a life flashing before me on the third hour. Thank God for these kind of churches where we realize people have lives outside of the church families and jobs and stuff so the band can come back up now thank you when you don't say can the band come back up and the get up it's like their way of saying okay get off <laughs> so we all have here tonight you've all come with these subterranean subconscious default belief systems I don't know what they are for you J.K. Rowling that wrote Harry Potter was interviewed on TV a while back and she's now multi-multi-millionaire worth hundreds of millions, married two kids. And she was telling the story about she was trying to write the seventh edition of Harry Potter but her house was chaos with the kids and school run and school pickup and family around and staff in the home and she was behind on the deadline and panicking and her friend said to her, Joe, you should go and rent a hotel suite. Buy a flipping hotel. Go and buy a, rent a space and go and write there. Don't try and write at home. Go and buy a space, rent a space, and go and write there. Then come home and be mum, and then go back and write in the hotel. Go and rent a hotel room, rent a hotel suite. And, and J.K. Rowling said to a friend, but that would be such a waste of money, so expensive. To which your friend went, you didn't just say that to me, did you? you didn't, we get to say that, not you. And when, when J.K. Rowling said, I heard myself say, but that would be so expensive, it said it's only, she said, it's only then I realized that the broke single parent that wrote the first Harry Potter in a coffee shop in Edinburgh where she went to keep warm because she couldn't heat her flat, when she drank two coffees a day because she couldn't afford more than two, and she would sip it slowly so the owner didn't throw her out. And she would sit for the warmth in the coffee shop, 
typing the first ever Harry Potter. She said, it's then I realized, when my friend said that to me, she said, it's then I realized that the broke single parent version of me had not caught up with the multi-millionaire version of me. That's a belief system that locks you and anchors you in an old mindset even though your whole surroundings now say that all that should have changed. So this is the greatest secret that keeps people limited. These belief systems that prevent you progressing even though you want to and you know you can and you should and you do the equivalent of going to the gym, the equivalent of trying to improve yourself and you default back all the time to the person you don't want to be. The chances are you have a belief system and the only way to change it is you have to reprogram that subconscious jukebox You've got to put new tunes in there and it's hard work it's hard work personally and corporately and a lot of people quit because it's so hard work and the longer you leave it the tougher it is but I've got to tell you those belief systems are where your default limitations are coming from and we've got to identify them, find a language for them. At least if you go home tonight saying, I wonder what would be my belief system? Ask your friends, what would you say would be possibly one of mine? Can you help me get in the neighborhood even of where I might have an internal default limitation that's just stopping me progressing? Because you know what your natural ones are. They're easier to spot maybe. These default ones are tricky. And so I'm just shining a light on them in the hope that it may become aware to you that you have one or two or three that you can identify I tell you if you can change just one of those for the rest of this year if you can work on one and reprogram one belief system it will completely seriously it will completely release your life to a whole new level and give you a lot of more options that you don't have right now because you don't know what it is that's holding you back because you want to change you want to do that and you try but you keep being dragged back it's probably a belief system that's limiting your life and that's one of the best kept secret the devil has but it's not a secret anymore because I just told you amen come on let's stand together all across the room well father we thank you so much for this amazing idea that you had at the beginning to use us to use ordinary people to represent you in the earth and we feel privileged to have met you that you even glanced in our direction still is amazing to us let alone that you would include us and use us and believe in us and get stuff done through us and so we are here tonight always in awe of your grace and your inclusion of us and I just pray tonight for everyone here, those listening later to the download online, that you will help us to get intentional about this issue of limitation. Help us to figure out our default mode limitations. Help us to find the courage and the wisdom to identify and to navigate our way through the complexity of this limitation issue. And I pray for change and progress and upgrades and breakthroughs for us as we become aware of our self-limiting default modes and the green, as it were, wakes up inside us. And I pray for an enough is enough 
moments for us in these weeks and months ahead as we start to tackle and change things that we shouldn't have been living with for as long as we have. And we thank you for your divine assistance, help, partnership, belief in us as we attempt massive things in our lives that people tell us we can't do and our forefathers never beat. But on our watch, in our time and our turn, we are committed to not default to our ancestors, our forefathers, helplessness, victim mentality, fear, insecurity, small-mindedness. Lord, we refuse that. Every generation has to make a choice about these things. We choose to step up and to stand out and to speak up and to take manual control of our lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Let me ask all across the room while eyes are closed. If you're here tonight and you've never ever given your life to Jesus who gave his life to you 2,000 years ago, so this moment isn't about God making his mind up about you. That happened way back. This is down to you now. Never given your life to Jesus. I wonder, would you want to do that tonight? Is this the right time and the right moment for you? Maybe you once prayed a prayer, lifted a hand and prayed a prayer, but you weren't ready. You did it to keep someone else happy. That happens a lot. Did it for your spouse. Did it to keep your friends happy because you thought, if I don't lift my hand, it's a deal breaker. So tonight I want you to listen too because this is about you, for you, deciding for you, not for anyone else, that I, I want to make this decision. I want to make this stand tonight. God, I, I, I give you my life. I want a new beginning. I'm stepping up and I'm stepping out. Come on. If that's you tonight, will you lift your hand where you are? When I've seen your hand, you can take it down. And you're just saying, yeah, that's absolutely me tonight. Come on, someone here, someone over there. Come on, over there, over there. Fantastic. Come on, who else? Just keep lifting your hands. Someone there, down here, there, there. Fantastic. Anyone else? Just lift your hand where you are. Come on, anyone else? Someone there, over there, over there. Fantastic. Everybody look at me a minute. Let me just say, listen. Lifting a hand is only one way to come to Christ. It's not the only way. If lifting a hand doesn't suit you, then don't lift your hand. Don't let our methods stop you. Find whatever way works for you. We don't care how people come to Christ. We just care that you do, and we care that our methods don't stop you. So listen, if you're not offended that we ask you to lift a hand, we're not offended that you don't. It's a win-win. But those that did lift a hand tonight, we honor you, we celebrate you, we thank you because it's a tough thing to do sometimes. But if you're in your heart thinking, I would like to do that, but I would like to do it in a different way, we don't care. Find someone, speak to someone. But let today be the day where you do the equivalent of that somehow in your life is what this moment is all about. Well, thanks again for listening to today's podcast. I hope you found it beneficial. And uh, I know time is precious, commodity for us all, but I would love it if you would take the time to write a review or comment, and above all, maybe subscribe to my podcast channel. Thank you.